Today, we have two stories. The first of which is The Last Stop by Nerdcore Creep. I never thought that my life would go in this direction. All I wanted was to sit in my self-pity and drink my sorrows away. Now, I find myself here, on the other side of the counter, pouring out the drinks and listening to the sad stories of my new patrons. I own a bar out in the middle of nowhere. That may sound like a career path I decided to pursue on my own, but it isn't. What began as a chance encounter turned into my own personal prison. It all started after I decided to go cruising in the middle of the night. It had been a rough day, to say the least. My entire world had just shattered. Being fired from my job, my partner walking out on me, and the entire town thinking I was guilty of a crime I was absolutely innocent of. I just kept driving and driving, wishing I could escape everything, when I happened upon an out-of-place bar. I figured since I was quite away from my own town, I could safely drop in without the judgmental and hate-filled looks from the other patrons. Nobody would know who I was, and that sounded perfect for me. I walk in and realize that the bar is completely empty. I might have thought it was either closed or abandoned, but not only were all the lights on, there was music playing on the jukebox, and on the counter was an ashtray with the recently extinguished cigarette. I sat on a bar stool and wait for a bit, looking back and forth, all around, I call out, anyone working here? But there's no response. So I turn forward and notice a service bell. I tap it a couple times, but still, nothing. Huh. That's weird. I say out loud. Suddenly, I have an idea. No one was around, so no one would know. I walked around to behind the counter and helped myself to a glass. It was so refreshing. Suddenly, in walks a woman, looking like absolute hell. Her head was down as though she was ashamed of something, and she shakes as she taps her finger on the bell. I look behind me, waiting to see if anyone was ever going to come out from the back, but still, nothing. Well, she asks, annoyance on top of her sorrow. Uh, yeah, sorry, I start. I was going to say, I don't actually work here, but... What came out was certainly not that. What'll it be? Is what I actually said. A dark and stormy, please? She answers. I don't even know what that was, or how to make it. So my instinctive answer was going to be, a what? Instead, what I said was coming right up. As I turn around and begin making the drink as though I had done so a hundred times before, it was as though my body took over, and knew things that my brain didn't. What the hell is happening? I thought out loud, cringing as I realized that the woman likely heard me. Yeah, today sure has been death for me, she responds, gulping the drink down instantly. Connor, that son of a bitch, finally went through with it. 
I had no idea who Connor was, but I still responded with, Oh? Yep. After years and years of big talk and threats, the bastard finally went and did it. She then proceeds to move her long hair, which had been covering her face to reveal a horror. Her face looked like it had been smashed in with a baseball bat. Blood poured from her eyes, one of which looked like it was about ready to fall out of her head. Oh, Jesus Christ, I say out loud. Well, with any luck, she responds, tapping her glass. I pour her some more of her drink and ask, Wh What happened to you? Well, I walked in on him with that bitch, and I guess he panicked. Next thing I know, I'm on the ground, dazed as all hell, and he's literally dragging me by my feet. Blood is gushing out of me, and I try to call for help, but nothing's coming out. I try to keep my composure as she tells her story, wondering how the hell she's even alive with those injuries. She gulps down the second glass and continues. I can't see a damn thing, but I can hear them arguing. She's calling him an idiot, and he's telling her to shut the fuck up or she's next. In typical Connor fashion, suddenly he tosses me into a body of water and I feel myself sinking. I couldn't believe the story I had just heard. I want to say, how the hell did you survive that, but I don't. What I say is, I'm sorry to hear that, Heather. She'd never told me her name, so I couldn't understand why I called her Heather. Thanks. And thanks for listening, and... You know, she holds up her empty glass. I take that as a clue to refill her yet again. So I do. I gotta tell you, she continues, leaning close to me. Being dead and all, well, I'm happy I at least got in one last good drink before I go grazing over. I stand frozen, taking in what I just heard her say. I want to scream, I want to run away, but I don't. I just stand there and say... That's what I'm here for. Instinctively, giving her a compassionate smile. So, she says, what's it gonna be? I don't know what she's talking about, but I find myself staring into her eyes, concentrating on... something. Suddenly, I see everything. Every experience from her life, every triumph, every failure... I see all the good she did in the world as well as all the bad. Overall, she lived a good, albeit hard, life. I turn around and open one of the glass cabinets, full of hundreds of pre-filled shot glasses with lids. Half of them contain a black liquid, and the others, a white one. I grab one of the white ones and hand it over to her. She begins to tear up, or maybe starts bleeding more and says thank you. She grabs my hand in appreciation, then stands up. I hope I see you again, she says, as she turns around and walks out of the door. As she exits, a bright light illuminates outside. I never see her again. From that point on, I was running the bar. Heather was the first of many patrons that, to this day, come to me. The one thing that they all do have in common is that they are no longer among the living. I'm their last stop before venturing into the afterlife. I offer them a drink, 
They tell me how they died, and I look into their soul. I am their judgment, and I send them along their way to whatever awaits them. After a while, I've managed to perfectly control my speech and actions, and now I know what should and should not be said and done. It's not so bad. In fact, it's significantly better than the way my life was going. I have my own room and bed, internet connection, and an endless supply of food and drink that seems to constantly replenish myself. Life, or whatever this is for me, is good. Second story is Welcome Home by me as the Raven Dreams. Oh my goodness. The excitement in her voice was apparent. Look at how beautiful this house is. This living room is so spacious. This is one of the best houses in the area, and the owner is in a situation where he really just wants to get rid of it. The man with the slicked back hair grinned as he guided her into the kitchen. Honestly, if the two of you want to look at the paperwork today, I can all but guarantee that he will sign it over to you without question. And I watched as he started pointing out various features of the kitchen. The new tile flooring, the freshly painted walls, the bright red diner-style trimming. She was beaming all over it. Me? On the other hand? I was confused. Where the hell was I? Less than five minutes ago, I had been sitting in my living room, playing Xbox with my girlfriend, eating a double cheeseburger from Burger King, and just having a nice, lazy Saturday. I started feeling a bit dizzy, shook my head, and then I was here. I went from my apartment living room to the entryway of a Leave it to Beaver set piece. I slipped my hand into the pocket of my way-too-fancy pants and felt a car key. That was it. No phone, no wallet, just a damned car key. The woman that was touring the house with the man in the brown suit, she wasn't even my girlfriend. I genuinely had no idea who the hell she was. After taking a moment to gather my thoughts and slow my breathing, I turned around to look outside. In the driveway was a car that I had never seen before. It looked old, that was for sure. Then my eyes shifted over to the house across the street. They had a car that looked identical to mine. Wait, mine? Why was I thinking that car was mine? My car was a 97 Nissan Sentra, not the museum-bound hunk of metal that was sitting outside. And once again, the thought entered my mind. Where the hell was I? As I tried to piece literally anything together, my eyes met with those of a Mr. Rogers impersonator watering his lawn with a garden hose. He smiled widely, lifted his free hand, and waved in my direction. Almost as if I had no control over my body, I reflexively lifted my right hand and waved, my mouth twisting into a friendly grin. So, Paul, what are you thinking? The deep voice in Sunday wear hit me from behind. It's Mike. I mumbled a correction without even turning. Mike? The man sounded slightly confused. When did you change your name, buddy? 
I've known you for five years and I have always called you Paul. He laughed and patted me on the shoulder. Paul, I think this is the one. The woman in the other room excitedly made her comment. If you changed your name to Mike at some point, you probably should have told that pretty little firecracker in the other room, eh champ? <laughs> the man chuckled slightly again. Anyway, when I was talking to Charles the other day about you and I told him you were interested in this house, you know what he said? No. I turned to look at him. I don't even know who that is. Paul, my man, you need to lay off the bottle. The man laughed at his own joke once more. Anyways, I told him you were interested in this house and he told me, Gary, you show him the house. And if he and that cute little wife of his want it, you tell them I'll just give the damn thing to them. <laughs> he said it was his way of saying thanks. Why does he want to get rid of it so badly? I couldn't help but ask. Something about the conversation with Gary was alluring. Something about it was drawing me in. Oh, come on, Paul. He grinned at me for a moment before pausing and falling back to a straight face. Huh. You're being serious. Well, yeah. I shook my head slightly. It's such a nice house. Why doesn't he want to live here? Paul, are you feeling okay? Gary put his hand on my forehead jokingly. I pulled back and stared at him confused. My man, have you seriously been drinking? It's two on a Sunday and you're already hitting the cabinets? No, I haven't been drinking. I don't drink, Gary. I stared at him in confusion. There was something I was clearly supposed to know, but didn't. I don't even know where... I glanced around the room and back out into the front yard. Or when I am. Well, Paul? The woman stepped back into the hallway and stared at me with an excited grin. What do you think? Uh, do you think we should take it? My name's not... I tried to correct her before Gary cut me off. You know what, Donna? Paul here was just telling me how much he loved it. And I was thinking that he and I could discuss things a little more in private just to go over some of the logistics and whatnot. He pointed in my direction. Oh, well, if that's the case. She gave me a slight wink and stepped past me into the doorway. I think I'll introduce myself to the neighbors while you boys take care of business. Donna kissed me on the cheek and walked out into the front yard. Gary watched as she went over to talk to the old man watering his lawn and motioned for me to follow him. Come with me. He led me toward the kitchen and motioned around the mostly empty room. Is this ringing a bell? Uh, no, I answered honestly. No. <laughs> he chuckled again. I mean, I know the tile is all new and he redid the trim, but you're not remembering a damn thing? What are you going on about? I'd had enough of this nonsense. Two weeks ago, he pointed at me, then motioned toward the basement. This is where Charles's wife had her... accident? He smirked and motioned toward the basement. I stared at him and then back toward the stairs. Her... accident? She fell down the stairs? I continued staring at him. She fell down the... <laughs> He cut himself off with another quiet laugh. Yeah, on paper, she fell down the stairs. And? My god. Paul, do I have to spell it out for you? Do you just want to hear it out loud? 
His joking demeanor was quickly shifting to frustration. After a moment, he sighed and continued. 3.30, in the afternoon. You took Charles's key, came in the back door, and did your magic on old Judy? Did my magic? I shook my head again. Took her out. Did her in. Eliminated the problem. He made a twisting motion with his hands. Based on the picture I saw in the paper, you twisted her damn head halfway around. What the hell are you accusing me of? I was taken aback by the statement. Doing what Charles paid you for. He sounded confused. Charles paid you. He's giving you his old house. You've got that beautiful Chevy sitting out front. And in return, you broke into his house and silenced the old pain in his ass that was about to take him down for sleeping with his secretary. He laid the whole scenario out in black and white. Does that get your motor running or something, hearing someone tell you the details? He put his hand on my shoulder again. You really are a sick son of a bitch, Paul. <laughs> I like you. Get your hand off of me, I shouted at him. I didn't kill anyone, and I certainly didn't kill anyone for money. Paul? Donna's confused tone cut through the tension. What are you talking about? He's saying that I murdered Judy. He's claiming that I murdered some woman for money. Whoa, Paul, come on. Why would you say that out loud? Gary's demeanor was pulling toward defensive. Why would you bring Donna into this? I don't even know who Donna is. I was at my breaking point. I don't know who you are, I don't know who Charles is, and I sure as hell didn't kill anyone. The room felt like it was slowly starting to spin. Ten minutes ago, I was sitting on my couch playing some mindless game with my girlfriend, and then I woke up here. I don't even know where I am. I don't know who you people are, and I just want to go home. Paul, what's wrong with you? I could tell that I was scaring Donna. What do you mean you don't know who I am? She paused again and shook her head. Wait, Judy? The woman that fell down her stairs? She glanced over and realization set in. Oh god, this was that house. She quickly shifted her attention back to me. You killed her? Damn it, Paul. Gary dropped his head and sighed. Now we have to take care of this problem. Like hell, I stepped forward and grabbed Gary by the jacket he was wearing. Listen here, you son of a bitch. I pushed him forward and was met with what I could only describe as a cold pain in my neck. My skin started to tingle like it was losing all sensation. My vision started to blur and my ears were ringing. The only other sound was that of Donna shrieking. I slowly reached up toward my neck and gripped the small handle, pulling it away from my neck. The switchblade in my hand was covered in blood. I could feel my blood pressure dropping as my arterial spray covered the wall beside me. After taking a step back, I fell straight onto the hardwood floor, and everything slowly faded away. Even though it was growing darker with every split second, I could still hear Donna screeching and see Gary's feet. He stepped over me and toward Donna, her screaming stopping no more than a second later. Then. There was nothing. It was all black. All silent. Oh my goodness. The excitement in her voice was apparent. Look at how beautiful this house is. Oh, this living room is so spacious. I blinked and stared into the entryway of the same house I had just died in.
this is one of the best houses in the area, and the owner is in a situation where he really just wants to get rid of it. The man with the slicked back hair grinned as he motioned toward the kitchen. Honestly, if the two of you want to look at the paperwork today, I can all but guarantee that he will sign it over to you without question. He started following Donna into the kitchen, but paused. Hey, Donna, why don't you check out the rooms real quick? I want to talk to your husband about something just for a moment. Oh, <laughs> absolutely. She laughed and pressed on into the house. Be sure to check out the basement. It's really nice down there. Fully carpeted and finished walls. He smirked and walked back toward me. I don't... I moved my hand toward my neck as I stared at the man who had just stabbed me. I don't understand. You feeling okay, champ? Gary grinned again. Yeah, I think... I shook my head and tried to focus on everything. Good. Gary placed his hand on my shoulder and leaned in. Do me a favor. Don't make me kill you this time. The boss doesn't like it when we have to spend a lot of time redoing scenes. Redoing scenes? His sentence made absolutely no sense. Look, I know you're the new guy, but surely someone explained things to you. The new guy? What? Once again, nothing was making sense. Well then, that does make a lot more sense to me. He chuckled slightly and continued. Your job is to act your part. Make it a good show and you won't be tortured. It's as simple as that. This one is a bit of a, an action drama style show set in the 50s. Show? 50s? I stared at him, then glared into the empty rooms. Despite my complete and total confusion, it made sense. The woman looked like she came from Greece. The fact that Gary and I were dressed with jackets and ties, that ancient-ass car in the driveway. Then, my mind drifted to the other word that he mentioned. Wait, tortured? That's right, kid. At some point, you died, and now you're here on some shitty old-style drama. Gary smirked at me again, his eyes reflecting the raging fire behind me. Welcome to hell. Hello, thank you for listening. That first story was once again, The Last Stop by Nerdcore Creep, a fellow narrator whom I'm going to link down in the description below. Please check him out. Give him all the love he deserves. He's a fantastic guy, and he's narrated a couple of my stories, so you can always check those out as well. The second story was once again, Welcome Home by me as the Raven Dreams or Raven Adams, however you want to put that. doesn't really matter because it's just me. Hopefully you all enjoyed this uh, little duology of stories. I think they were both really good. I know that sounds weird saying that about my own story, but that was actually a fun story to narrate, to be honest with you. Um, at first, whenever I wrote it, I think I was kind of like, meh, but now that I've actually read it out loud, it's uh, pretty decent, so... Hopefully you guys enjoyed both those. If you did, please do consider joining the Nevermore. All you have to do to join the Nevermore, subscribe, hit the bell. You can follow me on some social medias, or if you're feeling extra spry, support the channel on Patreon or Coffee. All of this is optional, but all of it is greatly appreciated and helps me move toward doing this on a more permanent basis. What does that mean? I don't know. Anyway. I hope you all have a beautiful day, and I hope I will see you on the next video, but if I don't, well, I mean, I hope you still do well, 
Uh, but if I do, until then, I hope that you sleep well.